ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody, <laughs> and thanks for joining us on the Chris and Andre Show. Uh, I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. If you only knew what happened as, as our intro was playing. Uh, it's been... Uh, it's been kind of a weird two weeks, I guess. I think we're out of our rhythm. Am did I we right in saying Yeah, we didn't record at all last week. No, we did record no, last we week. We did. We just haven't... Um, but yeah, I we haven't life... published in like a month. Yeah, life is catching up to us. Um, yeah, getting, getting engaged and moving to the beach and selling your house that you've lived in for 17 years on this side of the screen will do that to you. Yeah, and... Um, I don't know what the hell you have to go on. Yeah, everything else. <laughs> you just got to try harder. I mean, like I'm. I don't, don't know. We I all. Just, yeah, By Andre standards. Yeah, I just. Um, um, I don't know. It's just like kind of a. It's been somewhat of a heavy time, you know. It's like, um, and, and I I want to respect how I say you know try to be respectful when I say this, but it's like we all go through this heavy time or where you're, you feel, um, I guess off your game and there's only so much you can do to kind of, you know, stay on your toes. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, I've got a bunch of projects going on. Um, and, and we always talk about, you know, the difference between stress and pressure. And, um, that's great for me because I understand that. And it's always short term. And, I actually wake up super early, so like my day starts at like four four thirty. So it's like I've been working all day, and it's what five five and some change right now. Yeah, um, I mean you're yeah. a crazy man. Let's be honest. Well, that's that's how I manage the pressure, right? Like I, I can't sleep if there's things that I have sitting and waiting, um, and I only need like four hours of sleep, <laughs> so. See, that's that's where I just don't – the days where I've gotten that little sleep, like, I have to take a nap. I can't oh, – yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, my body is not equipped to handle that little amount of sleep. Like, I need – I mean, ideally, at least – okay, I should, not even ideally. At the bare minimum, I probably need six hours. In a more comfortable range, seven to seven and a half. But I have been, I don't know if it's just beach life, if it's summer, what it is, but I have just been like having the hardest time waking up. <laughs> I just tough. keep, I have like five alarms set. I turn them all off. I go back to bed. <laughs> like I wake up, it's like eight o'clock. I'm like, okay, quick, brush your teeth. We don't have time for a shower. You got to go to camp. <laughs> like That's funny. Yeah. I know that for me, like, uh, like when I set my alarm, if I adjust it, right? So I, I did an adjustment a few weeks ago for the gym and I only needed my alarm for like a week. The following week I woke up at like four ten. I was like, Yeah, I'm like already awake. And then the week after that, I was waking up at three forty five because I didn't want to hear the alarm go off. See, and like I've had times like that. You know, like there was a long time where I was waking up at five o'clock almost every morning and I would get up, I would work out, like and just like, I mean, like you said earlier, life kind of happened and yeah. 
I got injured a couple of times, so it was like my workout routine got thrown off, and been trying to get back into that a little bit more now that I'm down at the beach, but with all of the different projects that I've got going on, I've been running up and back to carry a couple of times to do stuff at the house or, you know, whatever it may be, Um, but that should be finished here in not too long, fingers crossed, Um, and I feel like I'm finally starting to kind of settle in temporarily at my parents' place down here at the beach, so on, like, those fronts, I feel like, okay, maybe I'm finally starting to kind of find my footing, but... It's been, yeah, I don't know, like, it's just been, it's been rough lately. And not even, like, anything super heavy, you know? Like, I know you were kind of talking about that, but just a lot, you know? It's like I've got, especially right now, because I'm also trying to keep track of stuff for my parents while they're out of town. And so I'm, like, trying to make sure the house is maintained in good order. And I went out and mowed my dad's lawn for him the other day. Just so I could be like, hey, I mowed your lawn for you. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm, I had to come over to the office and pull samples for the other, uh, you know, sales reps and stuff like that. So, like, I've got additional duties on top of my regular job. Like, um, I've been playing a ton of Pokemon Go lately. So, like, that takes up a good <laughs> chunk of my day. Just driving around, hitting the Pokestops. <laughs> No, that's, that's funny. Uh, Helena and I have been playing together, like when we go for walks and stuff like that, because they have the lake down here that has uh, a walking path all the way around it, and there's like five or six Pokestops and two gyms wow. that are all right there. So we go out there with a the dog and do a lap or two, and she gets to hit the Pokestops. And that's cool. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, like I was just kind of we we did that on Monday last week. Uh, after or was it Monday or Wednesday maybe, and I just remember when we were walking around, I was like, "This is why we moved to the beach." Like, yeah. not that I couldn't have done things similar when I was back in Cary, like, but it's just I don't know, it's different at the beach. Yeah, and that's that's cool. I mean, we've been uh, we're definitely in the planning stages of what it, what's our next phase look like. Um, I want to go downtown, like downtown anywhere. Um, but like I also downtown um, Cleveland. Uh, no, Cincinnati. I would actually move to Cincinnati. It's, it's actually a beautiful downtown. Would uh, that make you a Bengals fan? No, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> like you, not even. you wouldn't pull for Joe Burrow. No, that, that just wouldn't happen. Like I almost started like rooting for state. Um, I didn't watch the game when they, uh, who did they? They played Stanford. They played Stanford, and then they played Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, yeah. I can't. I so I mean, like I've told you before, I can't watch my teams live for the most part. Like my mom and I turned on the game uh, when like last <laughs> week, and they started losing. Like not even losing, but they just weren't playing well, and we were both just like, all right, we got to turn this off. We've obviously we are the bad luck, and then they came back and won. Um, but yeah, they have just been crushing it here at the college world series well they know. crushed it on uh last, last night with a, a one yeah one first, nothing one nothing with that one being a home run that's amazing like yeah. um and and i always have to go back and say this like i don't hate state like State's it's just a great like, school yeah it's a great my daughter's going there and it's like gosh i just 
don't want to say that in public. It's <laughs> okay. Look, the truth of the matter is Carolina is also a great school. Right. Duke's a great school. Like, they're yeah. all great schools. There's nothing wrong with going to any of those institutions. Like, we just don't like each other when it comes to sports. And and it's not even that. Like, I think for the most part, we just don't like losing to each other. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, it's, I, I mean, was... it, it just boils down to local, like, bragging rights, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, and I, I didn't. I didn't used to be like that until I moved here. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, this area, I mean, same thing. Growing up in California, like, there's plenty of college sports and stuff out there, but... Nobody watches. <laughs> no, like, like, I was a Cal Berkeley fan, but mostly just because I thought I wanted to go to Cal. Like, that's right. where I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Cal. Would help if you didn't get a D in English your junior year, but... <laughs> Well, there, there are, there Stay are in school, kids. Unless you don't like it, <laughs> in which case, just drop out. I had a conversation with uh, two of my my youngest sons yesterday, and not to get into the conspiracy theory, but I was like, I actually told them, I want to look at your old report cards and see how you did in science, <laughs> because like every everything you're saying is just it's infactual. It, you just can't say that. Yeah, uh, I had a I had a similar. But maybe I think if, if I'm understanding you correctly, which is a little concerning if I'm if I am. Um, but I, I had a similar kind of conversation with one of the guys that's working on our house down here. I was over moving some stuff around, giving him a hand, and I said, "Well, yeah, like you know," he said, "Well, have you texted your dad?" And I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Well, I've been having really bad trouble with my cell service." And I was like, oh, like, who, who's your cell provider? And he was like, straight talk wireless. But my neighbor, they, uh, they've got, you know, United, it wasn't United, obviously, it was something else, uh, AT&T, US yeah, US Cellular, and they, and they were having the same problems. Um, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was like, I mean, I got Verizon, mine's been working fine. He's like, well, you know what it probably is. And I was like, no. And he was like, well... They're getting ready to release the results of the the audit. You heard about the audit, right? And I was just like, no. And he was like, you didn't hear about it? They stole the election. And I'm like, I gotta go. I knew where this was going. No, so the whole thing was like, so they're testing... Yeah, they're go- there's going to be a mass communication shutdown once the truth comes out. And so they were testing this the that system and shutting down parts of the wireless network in order to test it. And then I was I was informed that I should be on the lookout for any random power outages because they'll likely be testing that system next. So I don't know, you know, what that actually means. Like, I, the words that came out of his mouth seem to form sentences. I can't. I can't. I mean, yeah, I just... I can't. I just... Oh, man. You know, I've been, uh, I've been personally working on... Um, so... I have character defects, right? And one of them is, like, uh, I'm not a social creature. 
I'm social because it, I'm uncomfortable being uncomfortable in social settings. And let, here's why. No, we I'm, moved I'm, you, you go ahead. I'm yeah. thinking. We moved around a lot in the, you know, my parents being in the military, right? So I always had to make new friends. So part of that routine was like going out and meeting people. I really didn't want to. Can I, mom... can I stop just one second? Sure. I want to make sure you said the reason you're social is because you are uncomfortable being uncomfortable in social situations. Yeah. If you know. So you're like, naturally for... uncomfortable, but you force yourself to be un uncomfortable to be comfortable in order to uh, not be uncomfortable. I'm naturally not a social person. Right. But you force yourself to be social in order to avoid feeling uncomfortable yeah and my reason the trigger for me being un uncomfortable is that i don't understand where people are right so like i'm for in me, carolina beach i i, I get that you're... <laughs> 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 you're an idiot uh so if i don't if i'm a, if i'm forced to be in a group of people i want to understand at least a cursory amount about the person so not knowing that makes me super like you know anxious and it's like who's gonna stab me and that's an extreme but i always i always feel like that anxiety okay but you told me the worst Think... thing that could ever happen is somebody's gonna punch you in the face you never talked about getting stabbed now i gotta worry about that too <laughs> yeah you do Jeez. so remember my my uh my on-site interview at uh at the yeah. area yeah i was perfectly okay not talking to anybody but i was kind of forced to be around people well in order for me to size people up and kind of you know make that less intimidating for myself i start to talk okay yeah i and, mean i i think i i share a similar kind of i i don't know people often are like oh you're, you know like you're always you're so, out, like, you're so yeah. outgoing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you're always, everybody loves talking to you, and I'm just like, yeah, I wish they didn't. Sometimes <laughs> I, I find my and you don't find yourself in this situation because you will straight up just tell somebody to their face, like I don't want to talk to you anymore. But not in a, like a mean way, but like if you get that, you, you will just be like, I'm I'm removing myself from the situation. I will stand there and politely like. Yeah, especially, and I've gotten better about it now, but, like, back in college, mm -hmm. man, I remember there was this one, I don't even know how, I think this kid delivered food to our house one time, and then he just, like, came back another time, because he thought we seemed really cool, and then we were like, okay, and somebody invited and nobody him Nobody said in. anything? I don't know. It was weird. But yeah, like I just remember, like I there were lots of times in college where I would end up just sitting there being like, "Why am I talking to this person?" Yeah, I I don't have that malfunction, but I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, and uh, because I know See, I make I don't have that malfunction. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I really try to be. Um, I, I don't know. I've been told before that I'm I seem like i'm always angry it, which is true that's so, your secret yeah people like i i never tell people you're right i am like i'm there's a lot of things i'm angry about um but i try to uh especially in business i had a hard time my personality like the, the surface of it is not very welcoming 
and I had to kind of coach myself and get people to give me feedback of, of you know what does that look like so as I've gotten older I've modified my behaviors to make people uh, not make them feel more comfortable but to make myself feel more comfortable so when I stop talking eventually I'm like okay I've done my job I'm, I'm <laughs> I can shut up now <laughs> but recently yeah. I've, I've been trying to uh, manage the fact that I also understand that I have a um, a personality that can take control of a conversation. And I've been trying to not do that. Um, the bad, the bad part is people keep saying really weird things around me. <laughs> and you're like, should I, I feel like your natural instinct kicks in to be like, wait a second. And then you've got this like new part that's like, hold on, Andre. <laughs> Is this something something we, yeah, we're trying something new. Is this something that really crosses that threshold? And you're like, I don't know. This is all weird. I don't like it. Yeah. So I'm trying to manage that part of me. So like uh, we went, when we went to Puerto Rico, my daughter's got uh, obviously a similar personality. I said, Hey babe, you know, one thing I'm working on is I understand that about myself where people tend to, I can take control of a conversation. I don't want to do that anymore. And you just have to be aware of it. If that's how you feel, this is what I'm doing to kind of manage that. Is it right or wrong? I don't know. Um, but it's also very, it's, it's, it's reducing the anxiety, but it makes me also have a moment to sit in my head and think about the things I believe in. <laughs> so it's like, wow, you know, wherever this, this idea came from, it's probably a good thing, but it, I'm always constantly evaluating, you know, I'm, I'm pretty cautious about what I say to people in the first place, but now I'm even more cautious. I'm like, all right, can I be neutral in this position or can I not say anything? Or, you know, is it something that I, I think a new perspective needs to be introduced? Not that you have to agree with it, but just introduce that perspective. Yeah. I don't know. I thought like in that moment with the contractor, I was just like, there was a part of me that it, that was like, I kind of just wanted to respond. Do you really like Matt, think about this for a second? Like, w- just stop and think. Do you really believe that? But I don't know him well enough for the response to not be yes. I absolutely believe that. And then I feel like I'd just be opening myself up for more. Like, here's more crazy conspiracies that back up why these crazy conspiracies are totally legit. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you the danger and and not. Um, I know. Here's a, a. You know how I keep telling you like I'm 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 struggling with, like, not making the blanket statement that white people are a certain way. Yes. I continue to struggle with that. So I took my daughter to the airport last week. I went to pick her up uh, Monday morning. And she went to see her brother in San Francisco. And um, I parked my car. And I'm walking to the elevator. And a lady is approaching me. An older, like, white lady. And I am I did the whole, let's step away, make give her room. That whole thing pissed me off in my head. So I'm already fighting <laughs> with myself about that. I'm like, why do you keep doing that? I'm like, because we're in a, a parking deck. There's yeah. nobody here to say that, like, the opposite of whatever that could happen. So I've already built that scenario up in my head. You know what she says to me? Hey, sir, um, 
what what are the odds that if I park here, I'm going to get lost finding my car when I leave? And I was like, very high. Like, <laughs> I was like, wow. I made this whole scenario. She's walking towards me. I'm trying to be defensive, you know, in my body language. And she wasn't looking at me like I was a threat. And it just, it made me feel bad about like the fact that I keep, I keep falling back in that trap. You know, I, I really do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard, right? Like I think so somewhat related situation. I was at the rest stop and was walking back to my car and there was a lady that was a few steps ahead of me and just having read a number of things, I slowed down and like tried to like while at the same time trying to make myself known. So it wasn't like I was sneaking up. This is like broad daylight. Right. You know, like there's tons of people around and I'm still going out of my way to try and make sure that I'm not doing something to make her feel uncomfortable. Right. Like she didn't give any indication that I was or that, you know, there was any problem, but it was just, and so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it's one of those things where part of it is, I think, like, it's a, there's a a good element to it that, you know, you're aware, right? And, like, taking some responsibility for that situation, I guess. And in, in your case, like, trying to protect yourself as well as your daughter. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean... The like the one time you don't right, <laughs> yeah. That's and that's where you know it's like it it, it Again, sucks said, because it does like it feels like to some degree right. There's no room for error error uh, anymore. You know it's like whatever someone thinks you were doing is what you must have been up to. Yeah, and that's where I said it's kind of heavy. There's like these things keep happening where it's like you, you kind of get tired. You know, like, and I've said this before, I'm, I'm tired of all of this stuff. Um, not in a way that I'm like, oh, I'm tired, exhausted. I can't go anymore. It's just like, man, like, I can't be on all the time. Like, you know, I struggle. I cannot be on all the time. I'm just not going to be. I, I just, I refuse to be. Um, yeah. And I'm not trying to speak for all black people, but I, I know there's I, a lot I'll of black I'll do that if you want me to. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and let me know how that works out for you. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's just, it's like I can't be on all the time, you know, I, and I refuse to be. Like, I, But I want to be, I don't know, it's just, it, it's the, and I don't, I don't think it's just like that. It's not just the racial aspect of it. It's just the, like, you know, trying to be informed. And I don't want to watch the news anymore because everything is a, is a, is clickbait. Everything is clickbait. Yeah, it's and all so gotcha journalism. My, like, yeah, my my whole open letter to to the to uh, anybody in the that's a journalist, whether that be print or video. Like, I don't want your clickbait. I, I just don't want it. I, I just rather report the news and let me decide the you know decide my conclusion, but report the news with facts. I don't need the the National Enquirer headlines all the time. Yeah. And it's, 
I mean, it's something we've talked about a lot on here, just like kind of that that degradation, right, of the mm-hmm. quality of reporting and journalism in mainstream media. And I think there's an element to it of the consolidation, right, of like print journalism, right, where you started getting large corporations or larger newspapers that started buying up the smaller local papers. And then what you end up with is the same national headlines being run at the local level. I mean, that's like my parents get the paper down here and like the newspaper has is like all of four pages. Wow. For like, you know, a Tuesday or something like that, you know, and I understand that it's not like, you know, the Sunday paper, but I was just, I was shocked when I picked it up. I thought it was like one of those free, you know, I was like, this is the Tuesday paper. Where is the rest of it? Oh, and then they didn't even have a story about the NC State baseball game because that was the reason I opened it up. I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, like usually they'd have Brett Friedlander or one of the like the local sports guys would do a write up for it. And they didn't have anything on it. It just said that they were going to be pl- or that they had played the previous night. So they obviously printed the papers the night before, yeah. well before the and the game was at like seven o'clock, six o'clock, something like that. So it's like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, th- I, you know, I I'm starting to think that um, local news is going to die. Well, because it's the same thing on uh, live TV. Yeah. Right. I mean, it those clips of the news broadcasters that are literally reading the exact same script at, from like 50 different, you know, local news channels. That's not local news. That's not providing a local perspective on it. That's just regurgitating the same crap. I mean, like, you know, that's <laughs> why don't you just get a robot that reads the AP headlines? Like, yeah. I mean, just just have a ticker that runs 24 seven. I, I don't. I, I, maybe news is because like so i was talking to my kids yesterday or yeah today's tuesday yesterday and i think that we have more regional problems than we have like local problems right so we we're discussing like the the minimum wage yeah and i and i i still think there is a possibility that makes more sense one i don't believe the federal government should have to dictate the, the minimum wage right i think most uh municipalities could probably uh, or actually most businesses could probably figure out a, a cost of living index and pay people according to that. Um, See, but you say that, and I just wonder, then why haven't they? Because the, the government gives them an out. Which so is? So if I mandate, the, it's the mandated you know, like minimum wage. So if you so, got rid of the minimum wage altogether, your argument, your belief is that companies would naturally find the equilibrium of how much to pay their employees. Yeah, that, because you wouldn't be able to hire employees unless it was competitive. I guess I just don't understand how setting a floor above zero. So I'll give you, without getting into too many details, I was in a similar situation some years ago. And I I had a a staffing problem in a location. I did the homework to figure out what my competitors were paying. I was able to beat my competitors at what they were paying their employees Mm -hmm. by just understanding that 
okay, this is where this is the gap. This is where you know the gap of where I'm at, where they're at. Does it make sense for this particular job? And how do I get people to see the next two or three steps beyond that 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 initial rate? And I did it. Nobody told me. Well, some people told me no, but I still did it, and I was able to solve my problem. And I've had staffing issues in whether it be in Wake County or Forsyth County. And I always, or actually Guilford, this, I almost said Tambien, but um, you can say Tambien. I know what it means. <laughs> so yo hablo espanol. <laughs> so now it's like the Spanglish podcast. So, yeah. uh, so I've had the same issue in Guilford, Forsyth, and Wake County. The same like legwork to figure out why are we missing. Why are we having this problem? What can we do to to reasonably fix it? But so then it, the 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 issue consistently was that you guys the what you were offering for pay wasn't meeting or exceeding your competitors, right? And but you always look at the cost of living. Also, every in every exercise, I understood the cost of living. So was your goal to meet the cost of living minimum, or, or to simply beat out your competitors? Or to be as close as I could to be, like within reason, to the cost of living. So I can't say that a job that at that time that yeah. gross pays like twenty five or twenty seven is not going to be forty thousand. That's not that's not realistic. Sure. But I can say that okay, what's the gap between where this caps out and that job at forty thousand? Right. How much closer can I get to that reasonably? And then from every position downward scale towards or actually do a sliding scale to make it competitive. So yeah. there, there, there are ways to do it. It just, I just don't think you need the federal government to mandate that. And, and it's not, to, well, it is to argue against the progressives. Like my argument would be, yeah, the, give me a, a minimum wage, give me a state or a federal one. That is my out. It's my out to not pay people what they're worth. I don't know. It's a hard. It's a I mean, hard I, argument. It, yeah, like I, I do. I understand what it is that you're saying. You know that basically. You know, well, the government says I only have to pay you seven twenty five an hour, so I'm only going to pay you seven twenty five an hour. But but I, you're going to pay seven fifty because your com, your competitors are paying like seven set or seven seventy five, right? You lower the well, bar. Well, sure, like, but that's where I guess I still just don't understand how providing something that is below a living wage for people. It's not so. Take living wage out of it. Right. Take okay. cost, put cost of living. So uh, sure. the average salary in Wake County or actually carry is like 80,000. Mm-hmm. Right. Not every. And that's the average. There are some that are in the six figures, easy, clean. Yeah. Not even, they don't even blink. But you can't say like a entry level job or a, a day one job uh, as a uh, let's pick something that. Uh, not a department head. Uh-huh. Is going to be at eighty thousand dollars? No, my gut, my gut says probably forty-five to fifty-two, right? So, right, but if just because the average salary in carry is eighty thousand doesn't mean that it requires. I mean, that you have to make eighty thousand to live in carry. You probably need to make at least fifty thousand. Probably. So how do you how do you do the math? Do the, 
do the actual homework to say, okay, I have 10 positions excluding department heads in my company. And what does that look like? Uh, salary compared to job or to the role. You can make those things work. It's just that people don't want to do it because the out is unfortunately minimum wage out is unfortunately um, looking at the low end of every salary range for every role. But I still, have- I still just don't understand why, how it is that saying you have to pay people at least this much, but you're welcome to pay them more leads to people saying, I can only pay you this much because this is what the government says I have to pay you. I, I or argue because in, then I they, argue. like you said, they go and offer more. It's just pennies more. And I don't know. I just think. Chris, I would argue and say that you have to pay them this much is where they stop listening, is my argument. Like, nobody probably, I can't think of anybody that works for minimum wage, but I can almost guarantee you it's within no more than 30% more than minimum wage. That's where people sure. start at. And that conversation does, need, does not need, if every, if, for example, Chick-fil-A was hiring all their employees at 10 bucks an hour, you know what Burger King would do? They would start at ten. If Chick Fil A or Burger King was starting at fifteen bucks an hour, you know what Chick Fil A would do? They would start at a minimum of fifteen. But since we have a minimum wage, right? Because right. a minimum wage that hasn't changed in thirty years. That's but it's also the floor. That's right. the problem. But that's the but. But if the floor was 15, then I don't have to worry about Chick-fil-A and Burger King and McDonald's finally getting off their asses and deciding to pay $15 an hour. That's but the you're, point. You're, uh, you're no, forcing the, them the, to – you're basically saying I'm your competitor. I am the, the federal government and your competitor, and I am saying that $15 an hour is what I'm quote-unquote willing to pay, so you guys need to pay at least that much or more. I just so, don't understand how there's any difference when it's coming from the federal government or your competitor. Here, here's the difference. Uh, the Affordable Care Act, right? You, If an employee works more than 32 hours, you have to offer them like medical insurance. Guess what happened? Companies cut hours to 31 hours. and a half. I mean, they cut yeah. them as close as they could. That's, but that's, that's nothing new. I mean, they used to do that but, with their own internal policies. Starbucks did that for a long time. My my argument being is if you if you set these parameters, like, so when I open up a, a new location, right, I would have to have 110 employees. Mm-hmm. A lot of those 110 employees, I'd say I'd eyeball at least 60% came from competitors. End of story. Well, I've got to be competitive now. So there's a lot of things that you have to do to, you know, to get to 110. Because I'm going to lose probably 30, 40% of those people in the first 60 days. Bad hire. So my my, my point being is that. <laughs> God, I love you. Nobody my, takes my, a job just to get fired, Andre. <laughs> no, some people, there are some people that just like love to, uh, to job hop. Um, if, if you look at applications, they, you'll see that, right? My yeah. point being is that companies can't open or stay open with no employees. So they, they're sure. always constantly doing things to 
attract and retain the best employees. That's my point. Like it, we're leaving it to, if you give me the parameters of like, oh, the this is the starting, this I just got to stay here and I'm not going to get in trouble. That's what a company's going to do. But if you, tr- this is, if you, I just feel like if you, if, if you say there's no minimum wage, that is the exact same as saying the minimum wage is zero dollars. Like there's that's no, no, I know, but that's what I'm saying is that there's no difference in having a minimum wage that is, or at a penny, right? Like you have to pay people at least one penny per hour. I mean, companies aren't going to suddenly go, oh, I'm only going to pay you a penny an hour because obviously nobody's going to take that job. Okay, I, I, I will. I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm, I'm being put, difficult, I know but I know you're pushing back. My point being is like, my argument would be: I think that the 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 barrier is also being created by the government. Basically, if you let comp, if I can't, like right now, companies are saying like gas stations, yeah, a four hundred dollars signing bonus to work at a gas station, yeah, thousand dollars to work at Cheats. Because the reality is, is that I'm not going to take this job if I don't have to. You better entice me to take this job. That, that's my point. Um, it's the it's the polar opposite to you know people aren't getting jobs now because they make more money on unemployment. Yeah, because you have crappy jobs. Like right, you're you have crappy jobs. You have there. There's no benefit for me to be an employee, to be committed to your company. Sure, yeah. But so the, it but, draws but the it draws pe- out. <laughs> Sorry, it draws out the fact that companies understand these things, but but it doesn't. Not, it still seems like they're not doing anything about it. Their solution is to point the finger at the lazy workers who want to sit on the couch collecting unemployment. And it's like I try to make the argument with people. You know, well, doesn't that mean that we ought to have jobs that pay people more money than what they're being able to make sitting at home in unemployment? Like if six hundred dollars makes that much of a difference in somebody's life that they're willing to sit on their butt in order to collect that. Most people don't want to just sit on their butt all day. So correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it, it it's the equivalent of like $900 a week. It might right? be. Sta- I, don't, I don't know what yeah, it is Yeah, you have now. state unemployment plus whatever the uh, the federal supplement to that is. So that's like 900 bucks a week, right? Yeah. If... I can almost guarantee if you go to a, a fast food place, you're not going to make 900 bucks a week unless you're like a, a manager or a salaried employee. Sure. So my point, so the market, and this is the, the, the hypocrisy of the American capitalism. Yeah. We understand that. We know that. But it's like, but you have to, you know, we're trying to like, you know, carrot and stick people. Sure. It's like, so we were talking about carry earlier, right? Yeah. Carry's solution or the people in, you know, owning businesses in Cary is, well, yeah, I don't have to pay you enough to live in Cary. You can go live in some shithole in Garner or Holly Springs or downtown Raleigh. Like, I don't care where you live. You can commute. You come work here and then you go back to wherever it is that you live. And this also helps to make sure that while you come to work here, that the people who come and eat here don't have to deal with you afterwards. I've ex- I experienced that firsthand in Winston Salem, and I, I just, dude, I I get it. I know but you do, and I know that my, you're not my... you're not. Sorry, I sometimes, and I want to make this clear. Sometimes maybe it seems like you are, Mister Corporate, like you know, 
yay, capitalism, down with the individual <laughs> worker. And I know that that's not true. And I really like to play devil's advocate in these situations, mostly because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand, right? And these are the legitimate questions that come mm. to mind when I'm... Because there are these... I don't get why it is that, you know, it, on multiple fronts, why, why we set a minimum wage at what we did, why it got moved up for a while, and then it was like everybody just kind of forgot about it, right? Was it that it wasn't necessary for it to be moved because companies were paying more? Was it that the cost of living had gone down? Like, you know, and no, I mean, part of actually, that... It was actually because there was more jobs, right? Okay. So there were... Like, and we've talked about this, and just to rehash a point, like IBM and Cary had a, a factory where people would leave Greenville, or for people I know, and come work here for like 15 bucks an hour yeah. in the 90s, right? So it's the minimum wage is, it's a, I think it's an arbitrary number. And even that when you use like a living wage, that's an arbitrary number. Like, I, I really think that people get hung up on these numbers. It's like, no. Okay, so what's we, the difference between a living wage and, a, and cost of living? So cost of living is it, it puts into effect groceries, rent, uh, like utilities. Mm -hmm. And I, there is, there's got to be, and if, there, if you're an economist out there that has got the data, I'd love to look at it. But I believe that minimum wage is a blanket statement. And it doesn't solve the problem. I cost agree of that living I, in Arkansas is going to be different than cost of, or even in our state. Yeah. Cost of living in uh, uh, Cumberland County is different than Forsyth, which is different from Guilford, which is different from Wake County. Sure, but the then, argument of the, the argument of minimum wage is not an ignorant conversation. It doesn't solve the problem. I believe you're right. In the in a lot of ways, we are again trying to treat the symptoms as opposed to understanding what the root cause is. Right? right. Why is it that companies are compelled to only meet the minimum standard in that case, right? And it's obviously not everybody. You're right. Like, you know, I was driving around the other day, and it would, you know, like you said, like two thousand dollar signing bonuses for Wal Walgreens. You know, like if you're right. going to join the pharmacy, it was three hundred dollars at Hardee's. Like, you know, and I, I guess I just have a lot less faith than it feels like you have in the rest of corporate America to it's, do the right thing. No, I don't have any faith in corporate America to do the right thing. So if you look at most companies, right, most large names that you know are franchise businesses in this country. Sure. So I, I'm depending on the small business owner, not corporate America. But is it... But isn't that no. in a lot of ways an extension because they're no, it's not. Okay, it's not. I I give away the the day to day operations. I take a cut off the, off the top, but Billy and and freaking wherever Billy is is super invested because that's how he's you know paying his mortgage. He's you know paying for his family. Blah blah blah. If you look at a, a lot of the successful large successful companies in this country. A lot of them are franchises. Right. I don't give a crap what corporate America says because at the end of the day, you're probably going to interact more so with a small business owner than you are with a, a large corporation. 
Well, but I mean, even as a franchise owner, and maybe part of it is just getting into the right franchise. But I mean, like we've talked about on the in the past, like Subway, right? During the whole pandemic, yeah, where you had <laughs> where you had Wendy's and McDonald's and these other companies that were helping their franchisees to get lined up with PPP loans, right? And Subway was basically like, yeah, we don't know who who is this calling, like. Right. You know, basically hung them out to dry. I mean, a subway location in Cary closed during the pandemic. I, I'm i not so, but I'm also not trying to, like, I'm far beyond you can save everybody. And that's that's the hard part of business for me. And it's I, like, I get that. But that's where, I, you know, you talk about like, well, every time we open up a new location, it's 110 employees. Well, how many new locations do you actually need? Probably not as many as you have. Right. Right. I guess that's and, and I, that's part of my point, right? Is it's... And I've been on that end of the spectrum also. Like, you know, um, and that's not a good feeling either. Right. Because it uh, feels like that money could be reinvested into the employees as opposed to going and opening up another franchise that's right down the street from this one. Right. That you understand is going to cannibalize some percentage, right? Like, you know going into that. When you're, when you're your best competitor, you're in trouble. Yeah. Right. So, and I, and I get that and I understand how market share works. So those are not, those are like the, the details of the argument. Those are the, they're literally one-offs in general. You're probably more than likely going to deal with a small business center than you are going to deal. Or you're going to deal with like Starbucks is one of the exceptions. Sure. Right? They do a but pretty even good Starbucks, job. Like when I worked at Starbucks starting out, I wasn't making that much more than minimum wage. But they also have a path, like they do. But they also they have a path, and they also understand that their average employee is probably going to stick around for seven to eight months. Well, and right. I mean, yes, like the the path forward, like you had your quarterly reviews. Right. There were you know specific times where you were expected, like based on your review, you got a certain percentage increase percentage. in your base. Yeah, and then there were the training opportunities, and all, I mean, like I yeah, I I'm just pointing out that. You know, and and maybe that's maybe that is the point, right? That like starting out at seven twenty five, seven fifty an hour isn't necessarily the worst thing if there's a you path for you the to rules. get there, yeah. right? Because like that was the thing I understood when I started there. Like, okay, cool. In the next year, I could be making X amount if I do these very basic things, and I did, and and that's where I ended up. So, so, so you're kind of like. To be honest, like you agree with my theory. My theory is like, yeah, it's not necessarily a good company, a company that's going to be around for at least 25 years. They're going to understand the the rules of the road. Like, and that's just, it's just the way it is. I got a conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago and I, and I keep saying Chick-fil-A because one thing I understand about Chick-fil-A, their customers believe Chick-fil-A is a company that Chick-fil-A says they are. Yeah. That is, without a doubt, no matter what, people are ride or die Chick-fil-A. I'm not, but it's just, it's one of those, I, I can at least be objective and say, no, people, their customers really believe that everything they say about themselves and it, they're able to deliver at some level and meet expectations at every store. I mean, there, there are yeah. very, very few exceptions in my experience. 
that I have had a you know that I've not had a great experience at Chick Fil A, even when they are completely slammed. Like right. you know, you still get the the same general like friendly you know service and they yeah. I mean, people so running my, around the store offering refills and taking trash and it's just it's it's great they pull that off. Yeah. So my point being is like when you look at like what capitalism looks like, really, they would be a good example, right? They, their employees seem happy. They, they seem like Starbucks too, right? So I can take a, a corporate entity and I could take like one that's predominantly, they're probably 40, 60 franchise. They've been able to like take that persona and sell it to people and their customers believe it. I don't like Starbucks, but I know more people than more people I know love Starbucks than don't like Starbucks. And it's just like, yeah. look, guys, you can have the argument about minimum wage all you want. It doesn't solve the problem. The real the real root of the problem is don't give the companies the out. If these companies like Starbucks and Chick-fil-A and, you know, a, a handful of others, like I'm a real big fan of Red Robin. Yep. Right. If they want to continue to grow as a company, force them to do the right thing by their employees. That is like that is the better argument. How do you Cost do that a, though? I, I'm tell, voting dude, with I'm your telling, wallet. Is that yeah? I mean, I mean, supporting so the company when, when Chick Fil A when when they had a foul ball with the uh, LGBTQ rights. Yeah, that statement they course corrected. They're like, yo, okay, whoa. We're, let's let us redefine what we're saying. Right. Did not mar their image one bit. It was a it was literally a speed bump, and I, and I always say never park in a speed bump because I had somebody tell me that. Right. You hit the speed bump, you're like, oh, okay, that's there, and you keep moving. The same thing, like it's the same principle. Like, and I I know it's a it's it's contrary to the the minimum wage argument. But I'm telling you, as a guy that used to, like, quote, unquote, technically sign the checks, I don't need the federal government to tell me how to keep my business open. The worst thing for the business owners is to have to close their business. Like, and that's, that is a hard fact that people are, they're not, either they're not aware or they want to ignore. I can almost guarantee you if, if I was losing new applicants because I couldn't, I wasn't competitive in pay or benefits, I would have to change that. So then is it just that in some ways you have a different level of applicant? I guess. No. But, well, okay. Between places like, you know, McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's and Starbucks, like. No, actually, technically, no. Right. It's it's been a benefits game since, in my my point of view, since the nineties. So then, are these just jobs that people take because they have they need a job? Like I, I guess I'm still I don't understand. Then the arg the argument's this: and these people just suck. <laughs> no, it's it's been a benefits game since the nineties. Like I, I'm I'm going to tell you this: like I've had people say no to a job because of benefits. I mean, that was why I went to work at Starbucks. Starbucks right. was the king of the benefits game in the mid 2000s. Like, yeah, they had stock options. They had the you know path to you could basically get to corporate eventually if you really wanted to or run your own store. 
Uh, and so that was a huge part of it. I mean, I'd been at Blockbuster for three years before that, but I didn't have insurance and I didn't have any of that other stuff. It's a benefits game. It's been a benefits game since like 98, 99. And we're arguing like... we generally are arguing about the wrong thing, right? We have the Affordable Care Act because we're still arguing about the wrong thing. So then, if it's been a benefits game for this long, why haven't the benefits improved? Uh, Because the media can dictate the conversation. So you feel like... Think think about every every conversation we hear about... um, when we think about equal pay, it's always about a living wage. A living wage means what to who? Yeah, but right? I still I like. So living, I feel like we're living... kind of splitting hairs when when I say living wage and cost of living, like those two things are very synonymous to me. Like that, I can okay. afford the cost of living is my living wage. Sure, semantics. I don't like semantics. I know. Uh, but math- mathematically, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, explain. So ex- uh, so here, here's like one uh, thing I would throw out at you. Um, there's two things, actually. 401ks. Stop throwing right? things at me. Um, two things. 401ks, it's a double dip yeah. because companies get a tax benefit for every contribution. Right. So you're really getting you're getting screwed over when it comes to that. And so, if you're yeah. like on one of the indexes, you're probably yeah. getting investment back from your own employees through yes. index funds, anyways. Yeah. So it's burr, a, burr, it's burr. a it's it's a possible triple dip. Uh, the the other part is health insurance, and I I think there are. The last time I checked, there were like 32 states that have uh, uh, Department of Insurance that actually regulates insurance in their state. Okay. Guess guess who gets paid off of that? The insurance the companies. Oh. Well, the states. So there, there's not a really, there's not really a, a benefit. Now, granted, it goes back to general funds typically, but there's not a true benefit for states to have. Uh, a vested interest in making sure insurance is you know fair for people and accessible. Case in point, I had Blue Cross uh, Blue Shield from Illinois. Mm-hmm. My wife had Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, based out of North Carolina. Yeah, and I paid like sixty bucks a month for myself and my family. Like, and that's I've never paid as much, or I've never paid as little. As I did then. Sure. And, and I'm not talking like $60. I'm, no, I'm talking like $60 a month. So there's there's no benefit. And the only reason I was able to do that, because I worked for a company that was able to have their insurance based out of Illinois, blah, blah, blah. Right. It was super, it was actually truly competitive. Not this, you know, you know pseudo competitive insurance market that we have right now. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. So could anybody that's making like eight bucks an hour pay 60 bucks a month? Yes, they could. Right. So the, the arguments never really had 
within with the complete context. It's super complex. Why do we have so many states with with a Department of Insurance? Why can't you buy insurance from another state? Right? Well, you like can that's... if you're like you can have in, insurance from another state if your employer is based there, right? If that's where your Again, employee, employer right. gets their insurance from. Yeah, I mean it's insurance itself seems like nothing but a giant scam, frankly. Oh, yeah, true. Right? I mean, pay us money in case something happens, but once something happens, we're going to charge you more money (laughs) because something happened. Then why was I paying you? Well, in case something happened, but now we actually had to spend some of our money. Isn't that my money? Well, technically. We're we're, we're just there just in case. So So that's why I think the argument is super, it's complex. It's not complicated. It's just that we're, we're never really having the right conversation about the pieces. And that's why I say a living wage. And I'm not trying to. I'm no, not trying to I, like, I mean, like, I, I get what you're saying. What your point is that, you know, uh, it, it is an argument pieces. of semantics. Right. But what you're saying is, sure, provide a living wage. But what is the cost of living for people? How do we break that down? And how does that actually make sense? Right. Right. And where can we fix those problems so that it's not so the living wage doesn't have to be fifteen, twenty dollars an hour. The living wage could be eight dollars an hour. Yeah. yeah. I mean if you even look at um uh like rents rents. I, I won't even say mortgages. Because I, I personally don't believe everybody should own their own house. Right. Like I personally do not believe I know believe you believe all. some people are not as good as you. I understand. <laughs> yeah. That's that's shut up. What about <laughs> what about those of us that own two houses <laughs> and have okay. no money in their bank accounts because they had to make two mortgage payments? <laughs> those people, are, those people are balling out. I can't help those people. <laughs> so, but my point being is, like, if you look at rent, right? And I get population, land scarcity. I understand all those mechanics. I I think that the value of a rent should also be reflected in the services that you're like, you have access to in your community. Sure. So if I'm paying, you know, two K a month for a one bedroom apartment, you better believe the schools should be great. Sure. Right. So I I think the conversation, uh, it gets stuck on, on things that are like inconsequential to me. It's like, those are, they're not even semantics. It's just kind of like, like clickbait, clickbait crap. Just yeah. To talk about. No, I mean, I I get what you're saying, you know, and I I do I I understand that it's it's very common, right, for us to kind of get caught up in this crap that isn't really important because ultimately that's what keeps all of us distracted. Um, I guess in a lot of ways, maybe what people are looking at is they feel like all of those other things will take too long to solve. And so it's like, well, let's just, uh, and I'm, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm just trying to kind of find some logic in the thinking of let's just push for the minimum wage. But and, and I, don't, I don't, I don't argue that there should be a course correction. Maybe it's short term for the minimum wage, right? Right. I just think that you're going to miss the forest for the trees by doing that because the the minimum wage got adjusted. I was like 17. 
the last time I ever saw it get it, like, or I paid attention to it. Right. And it's like, it's five bucks a week. <laughs> like, like $5 times four. That's $20 a month. $20 a month, like, as an adult now, I think on average, I, I, I literally spend like $60 just waking up and going out my front door. And I know that sounds like pretty messed up, but it's true. It's like I literally spend like when I was 19, I could spend like, uh, you know, a hundred bucks a week right. on, on crap and never think about it. Now that I'm 44, I spend like whatever I spend. I'm like, like I'm not like my. No, but it's. Ball, I but... mean, that's part of it, right? Is the 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 cost of everything else has skyrocketed at a time where right. the the lowest you know salaries have remained largely the same, and yeah. I just yeah, I I think a lot of people feel like well, this you know the easiest solution is to just pay people more money. I'm with you in that that is short-sighted. And it probably, I mean, if nothing else, it needs to be, let's attack this from both sides. Sure, we need to have some correction in the minimum wage, but let's not overdo it. And let's see right. what we can do to fix the problem on the other side to make things more affordable for people. I mean, you're talking about the states with the insurance companies or the insurance regulators and stuff like that. Think about all of the states that signed up for like the Medicare, right? Expand Medicare expansion for their citizens. And how many of them were red states (laughs) that did that, right? Let's talk about the states that don't have uh, a state income tax, like Tennessee, right? I used to think that was pretty dope. Sure. Uh, Until I realized that Tennessee is like one of the top like takers from the federal general fund. Yeah. Um, so when I think about fifteen bucks an hour, when I was when I built houses, and when I stopped, I think I was making eighteen bucks an hour. This is nineteen ninety nine. I was uh, a newlywed, had one child. Like, and guess what? That wasn't enough money. <laughs> so, like, that's why I think. For me personally, when people keep, you know, they, they want to park in the speed bump of 15 bucks an hour, it's not going to fix anything. No, you're right. I, I mean, and there's there's this, you know, the, the, the kind of the battle cry is, well, somebody who works 40 hours a week should be able to, you know, afford to pay rent and buy groceries, right? They shouldn't sure, have to make, should. make that decision. Um, but again, that comes down to, well, what are they paying in rent? What is the cost of food in their their area, right? Like, yeah. What there's there's a there like, and I'm not an economist, but I know there are some things that don't make sense. Like, well, I I was a realtor, but I can tell you that demand doesn't dictate uh, a forty percent rent increase. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Like there there's no there's no calculation that tells me, you know, rent in the last two years. From what I can remember, in the, the last things I looked at in Cary mm-hmm. or, or Wake County, it's not forty percent. Yeah, it's 
there's just no way. I know what I can rent my house for right now, and I think it's kind of not. It's no, I know. I mean, I looked at the same thing, right? When I was when was first looking at selling the house, I I thought for a moment, like, well, should I consider holding on to it and renting it? And I part of me was just like, I don't want to deal with the headaches. Um, But yeah, like looking at the number, I was like, that's stupid. It's outrageous, right? That Zillow, get out of here! Like it's it's literally it's a it's a re it's just reinstituting the haves and the have-nots. Yeah, right. Well, that's I uh, mean, yeah. Like you think about that in that area in particular, where it's just like, oh, you know, your rent's going up forty percent. Can't afford it. Tough crap, right? Yeah. So you move out, and now I get some, you know, new tech person that wants to go work on RTP or whatever it is that wants to come live in Cary and I mean like let's I loved living in Cary for a long time like it's a great town in general like it's they when I first moved there this is my favorite thing they had a service <laughs> the dudes walked around behind the garbage truck with a cart and would walk up to your house empty the garbage from your garbage can into the cart and take it down to the garbage truck. You never had to take your stuff to the curb. You just threw it all in the the cart (laughs) right next to your house and they would come get it for you. And it was because they didn't want people leaving their trash cans out on the curb. So the 90, I want to say, uh, we had the Olympics in the States in what, 94? 96, Atlanta. 96. So the 97 Special Olympics. Yeah. The those were in Cary, right? Yep. Yep. They actually had all the homeless people go to go to Georgia. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, so, Georgia probably brought them up here for the Atlanta games. <laughs> so we were really just returning the favor. But, but I mean, like, and that's not right because that's not new. That's not, and that's right. not exclusive to Cary or North Carolina. Just to be yeah, clear, it's, it's just a fact. It's just like, look, I get it. I I don't. So I'm going. So I'm going to go visit some family in New York, and my cousin, like I love her, but she kind of got at me. She called me Southern, and I wasn't like part of me was kind of pissed when she said that. <laughs> She's like, "But you've been there for so long." I was gonna say, "How long have you lived down here now?" Yeah, and then she made another comment. She was looking for uh, something that she's like, "Well, I know that she used to live in Charlotte, but she went back to New York," mm-hmm. and she says, "Well, I know they sell it." <laughs> In the stores in the white neighborhoods. Wow. And I was like, yeah, I do live in a white suburb. Like, And I, and I know that. Like, I'm not going to sit right. here and be like. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. That's right. Like, I recognize that. Like, I, I was in Whiteville. Like, and not white, yeah. not Whiteville, but. Well, it's actually a city. Yeah, no, I know. And it's. Anyways. I would um, never live in Whiteville. No. Like, uh, I mean, it's just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. I knew I knew a person from Whiteville. I used to work with him at uh, Galaxy Cinema. But the name Whiteville? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, just, I can't end well. <laughs> no, it can't. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, like we've talked about in the past, you know, like the Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo podcast. There's another, you know, racially diverse pairing that I thought of recently that actually reminds me a lot of us. And I wanted to get your tip, but Colin Jost and Michael Shea. 
But God, I feel like they're, the roles the are reversed best. just a little bit. Because I feel like Michael Shea is the one who's usually like setting Colin up and then like getting him with something. <laughs> Colin's just like. I'm not going to lie. I thought about that too. <laughs> uh, I'm like, yo, I'm Colin Joe's show. <laughs> but, <I'm, laughs> but you're not exactly. That's the whole thing. Because like, I've got the, the Colin Joe's like, I mean, I, I don't think I'm yeah, quite he, as pretty as Colin, but. It's, yeah, I, I, he's from Staten Island, but um, yeah, I, 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 I look at it this way. You're right, and I, they're actually the like, for the most part, and I, I want to, I'm going to say it because I mean it. Say it. The skits on SNL have not been as lovely as they used to be, but when I do watch SNL, I stay up for uh, the weekend update. I will fast forward through stuff if I'm not enjoying it, just to get to weekend. I'm like, all right, yeah, let me get to weekend update. They're consistently funny. And the reason why I'm not Michael Che is because I'm old. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, like, I could see that. Like, I, you know, if you give Michael Che, like, another, you know, seven, ten years, like, yeah. Yeah. He's probably right about at that point. Yeah, I'm like, oh, there's a punchline. I'm like, I just don't want it that bad. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, I was watching some YouTube uh, compilations of the jokes that they write for each other at the end of the season oh, or Christmas hilarious. and stuff like that. And it just, yeah, some of the stuff that he writes for Colin. And, and, and then he's like, well, I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's like, I mean. <laughs> yeah, the NLK joint where yeah. he was like, uh, oh, yeah, like he sets them up pretty bad. Yeah, he really but does. Also, it's great. That's funny you say that because I watched like a, a a good run of their um, weekend updates, and I, I I I often think about that, and I I do respect um, Don Lemon. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I really didn't used to rock with him until like COVID, because I used to think like yo, and it's because I was you know um, what what's the word? I felt like he was talking to an audience that wasn't trying to listen to him. Sure. Basically, it's like, yo, you, you're you're saying some good stuff, but but you're not. Nobody's trying. To you're hear not it. connecting with people because of the delivery. No, 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 no. Because like white people don't want to hear. Oh well, yeah. About racism. That's also true. But I la, la, the la, more la, and more. La, 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 la. Yeah, <laughs> what about Barack? Yeah, nah, dude. It's Guys, not the we same. had a black president. Racism's That's, over. The Supreme yeah. Court said so. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't rocking with Don Lemon. Now I don't agree with everything he says. Yeah. I okay, I, I'm gonna be honest. Don Lemon's like a ninety ten. I agree with ninety percent of the stuff he says. Ten percent I'm like sure. I question, right? Uh come even but anyway, but Chris Cuomo like he's super honest, and I also feel like he doesn't. He gives like two shakes about whatever he says. He's going to try to be as consistent as he possibly can, and so I do see that dynamic there. So I, I feel like a more like Chris Cuomo and. No, I mean, uh, like in both cases, we're a blend of the two. Yeah, both, like it's certainly not. Sense, yeah. yeah, like it's not a direct. I mean, and honestly, that's what makes this 
this pairing and this podcast so much better than anything either of those other pairs have ever produced. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Uh, no, I just, it is. Like, I just, I don't know. The more that I think about it, like, there's been a lot of those types of, like, pairings over the course of, you know, like, the recent history and stuff like that. And But you know why, though, right? I here's my no, here's I'm, my I'm I, very curious here, now. Here's my theory. Yeah. My theory is it's uh it kind of came to like more like clarity. I was listening to this study that was done on like uh, what are people's political leanings if they grew up in a neighborhood of people of different races. Mm-hmm. And they looked at people from like World War 2 or or you know late 40s ish to see if by living with people outside of their ethnicity, what's their political leaning? Most of them are like Democrats now. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm still kind of conservative. Like, I'm, I'm more of a moderate, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like, uh, um, I would not call you a Democrat. And I certainly wouldn't yeah. call you a liberal or a progressive. I mean, I yeah, do. I like, I mean, when people, you know, like if I'm talking to people about the podcast and stuff like that. I will often say, like, well, yeah, like, you know, it's kind of interesting because I'm obviously, like, they'll usually have a sense of my political leanings. I was like, and my, my buddy Andre, like, he's certainly a, more on the conservative side, though, you know, recent events have left him sans party. And they're like, oh, okay, well, so he's not a complete idiot. And I'm like, no, obviously. <laughs> yeah, you take it to you take it to the face of that. <laughs> 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 like, yo, say word. <laughs> Like, <laughs> so I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest. Like, so, uh, I am socially moderate, super, right. I'm fiscally conservative. And when I say co- fiscally conservative, I mean like, let's make common sense decisions. See, and you say that you're socially moderate. You are so much more liberal than you realize you are. How so? You just like, I just think that you're more open to things once you learn about them. That's the definition of being a moderate. I disagree. What the hell are you talking about? I don't know. It's late. So, so socially for me, socially moderate means like, all right, that makes sense. I just feel like you're, you're more moderate. I think like right in the middle and part of it, I think, is, is the part of the issue is that the idea of conservatism, moderatism, and liberalism has gotten so skewed lately. Or to be fair, like when you say, when most people say conservative, right? Yeah. They they say uh, to the written rule of the Bible. Okay. And most of those people have not ever read the Bible. Sure. And that's <laughs> where I'm like. I saw a great, a great meme the other day on Twitter that said, uh, "All of you, you know, like uh, devout Christians who are you know, like touting uh, eternity in you know heaven with you, it's not as enticing as a prospect as you think it is." Like, <laughs> <laughs> but here's here's my thing with that. I think Jesus was a moderate. Like if I'm being honest, that's like if blasphemous. I, sure, okay, well sign me up. Um, 
So when I think about my faith, I think about the fact that I've actually read my Bible. I've actually studied my Bible. Um, I think that people that try to take the Bible in a literal state. No, actually, that's not true. I think people that take the Bible out of context are dangerous to the faith in general. Sure. And context is important in almost all yeah. aspects of things. <laughs> well, especially for me, when it comes to faith, it's super important because like that's actually made me question a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. Not that I don't believe what I believe. It just means that in, in light of the context, what does that truly mean? Sure. Right. I will say for the 100 millionth time, I was homophobic, right? But as I got to the, um, like, probably one of my foundational lessons in the Bible of the woman caught in adultery, Jesus literally said, go and sin no more. There was no prescription after that. When I think about the uh, uh, the, the woman at the well, same thing. You know, it's it's like the the prescription that people put on faith makes people hate people that believe in faith, regardless of the religion. Um, See, but don't, that, that's I, that's why I, I, I just can't sign on to it. I'm like, I can't do that. No, and I understand that. I guess in my mind, the prescription of liberal, moderate, conservative is all really more relative to the rest of society, right? Like moderate, in my mind, is more middle of where the rest of society stands as opposed to as a moderate, these are my defined characteristics. It's kind of like liberal and progressive, right? Like in my mind, a progressive is somebody who who kind of believes all of the liberal tenets, but probably to it maybe an even greater extreme, right? Like, no, I'm not cool with, um, you know, Biden absolving, uh, you know, a couple million or billion dollars worth of college tuition debt. I want all of it gone, right? That's the difference between like liberals and progressives. Sure. But that's a fiscal issue, right? Well, it is. That, it is. No, and I'm, I'm using, a, I guess, a bad example in this case, but I guess the, like, I would consider Jesus to have been more of a a liberal of his time. He's a social, but social he'd also liberal. be a, a social liberal, quote unquote moderate, right? Because he'd also question the, 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 the thought of the time, right? There's, there's multiple I guess I don't, times. I don't where, understand how questioning the thought of the time makes you a moderate by default. Because like I, because without the con or so again back to context without the context of the question or understanding why the question so when he was asked about divorce uh -huh. right uh, and, and again this is like my um, <laughs> this is my faith showing through right the question was asked well what's your stance on divorce and he said well sure yeah yeah God hates divorce but understand the decree was written because you had a hardened heart. That means that you're not willing to forgive. You're not willing to love and being accept being accepting of the fact that somebody may have made a mistake, or you know your 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 vision of the world may have changed. Mm -hmm. So sure, yeah, if that's what you want to do, but understand this: the the greatest commandment is still love, and you should be forgiving. So it was a challenge of the the thought of the day, right? Sure, if that's that's the route you want to go down, you're you're not wrong with that 
But if you want to take the full breadth of what was actually being taught to you in the Old Testament or the Torah, you should always be forgiven. Your heart should never be hardened towards another person. Right. Right. That's the, de in my mind, that's the def, I can always take a, like, sure, I can take a stance. You've, we've talked about, like, yeah, sure, that's what you want to believe. Uh, I, I struggle with that because my faith tells, my, my, my life tells me I want to be this person that says, no, I understand. Right. See, and I guess, and, like, because you talked about, you know, having been homophobic before and the, the stuff that you went through and, you know, how you kind of grew from that. And that's where I think that I would, I would label you more as like a liberal leaning moderate socially in that I think you are much more open minded than most people that I would even consider to be moderates when it comes to things like that. Like you may you are more comfortable saying I don't have a dog in that fight or like that doesn't directly affect me right now so I may not have an opinion on it but I reserve kind of the right to make an opinion or or make my my position on this known later that's fair and i, and I, I can re i can respect that I, i'm not insulting I, you by saying you're liberal leaning i don't need you to like take this personally no, no I, <laughs> <laughs> I guess like i guess i could say i'm i'm, I'm probably more like socially i'm probably more liberal leaning because i think that you know and i struggle with this right so people of faith in my opinion i'm like hey guys just remember that that you know when when the person we say we all follow was asked what was the greatest commandment, it was to love, you know, God with all your heart and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. So I'm trying to get to that point, yeah. right? Um, so that, I guess that would, by default, make me liberal leaning. Now, to be fair, it doesn't mean I can't call out wrong for wrong. No, right? but that's that again, right? Like, I don't think. I, to I me, think that liberal that's a is, that's a it is a, there is a social issue there. I don't I don't disagree, but I don't right. feel like that's a. I don't feel like that's explicitly on the liberal side. I mean, the whole Catholic Church stuff. <laughs> 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 but my I guess my point, like I do understand what you're saying that there is like in some cases there seems to be this um, rush to accept. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to be okay with whatever anybody's okay with, right? And then you get the the argument. Well, what if I want to marry my pig? Like, <laughs> well, okay, we're That's not weird. we're not at that point yet, right? But, but yeah, like I mean, I'll be honest. There's, you know, the transgender issue and topic is something that like I'm still learning about, right? And one of the things that I really struggle kind of understanding is kids at a young age who are going through changes already just because of the natural stuff that's going on with their body, who are given hormone blocking treatments, who are given, you know, uh, gender conforming surgeries, like those sorts of things. Not because I don't think that, that those things should be allowed, but mostly because it just seems like a very... That time in a person's life, there's a lot of change going on. And I, I'm i not saying that this is like everybody who's done that has regretted it. But there are some people who have now kind of said like, wow, 
I really didn't understand everything that I was kind of committing to at that time and wish that there had been more people around me who had kind of like encouraged me to even just think about it more as opposed to just saying like, yeah, whatever you want, you know, like, and I don't know. That's, that's actually, that's actually, um, like I, that's actually interesting you bring it up. So one, um, uh, I'd be remiss to, to not mention the fact that like, I don't understand people coming out. <laughs> like I just, I just don't get it. I'm like, yeah, I, I never have once. And I, but I Sarah, like, uh, I get it in general. Yeah. I don't understand. The... It's like if you were in an online chat room for a while, right. And then you're like, guys, I have a confession. I'm black. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yo, all right. <laughs> like, and half the people will be like, I knew he was black. Yeah. I, I, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that that's a very uh, so I actually can like that's something I think about, but I don't have a um, I I don't have a there's no opposition to what you just said. Well, and I think that we should, as adults, not saying that we're the, I think we should give children the time to, like, if that were my situation, yeah, I'd be like, hey, you know what, that's great. How about you wait until, you know, if you want to be transgender, great. But let's not do anything permanent until you've, like, made it to, like, you're on your own. Because there's a lot of things that can change between now and then. Yeah. And I, I think that's a more responsible thing. And I, again, this is just, again, if you're listening, I'm not saying that right. there aren't we're people not that judging, can make that decision. We're not judging the decisions that have been made by other people. But I'm also not afraid to say like, yo, for my kids, right. if one of my kids ever said like, hey, I, I want to you know switch genders, like, look, I understand what you're saying, but let's get, it's not for me, but for you. It's like permanent. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is a permanent decision. Let's let's walk through this together. Yeah, and I don't think that um, a, a child should feel like they're not loved by their parents. Right. But I also don't feel like that. I really also don't believe because I didn't have a lot of things figured out until I was like twenty four. So there's like, yeah. yo, like you don't want to make that permanent decision at thirteen. Right. And I, I agree with you. I mean we don't let kids get tattoos until they're, you know, like sixteen with a parent's approval, I think, right? Eighteen yeah. uh, on their own. Are stupid. Well, yeah. But I mean freaking <laughs> piercings, right? Like you can't get a piercing yeah. under eighteen without a parent's approval. So yeah, and I'm not like obviously in the in these cases I think the parents are usually giving approval, but it's just like I, I don't know. It, and maybe again, maybe my lack of education on these particular incidents is, you know, is leading. And again, to... I'm, I'm on, the, yeah. I'm on the fence about. It. I've got, um, you know, I've got gay friends, um, and I've got, and that's even for me. Like when I say it, it sounds almost like I'm. One of my gay. best friends is black. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I've got a friend that actually, um, like, he's been with his uh, his boyfriend for like a long time, for at least ten years, and. Um, like we were talking and he's you know, like it came up that, you know, him and his boyfriend don't sh- they're not like, I'll hug my wife in public and we'll, we'll be with our friends, whatever. Yeah. And he was asked like, well, why don't you guys hug? And he's like, well, I just don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. And it just makes me feel like that I'm doing something wrong sure. as a friend. 
because you're not going to make me feel uncomfortable for showing love to somebody that you love. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and when I think about, so I was asked actually yesterday and you know, what does marriage mean to me? And what does all that stuff mean to me? You know, what, what does a family mean? And like marriage in my, in my humble point of view and children is actually being able to see love live, right? So a lot of people say, I love cheeseburgers. I love this. I love this. You like it a lot, but love to see love. Like I love my wife, right? And I get to see our love be alive at the time. And that's good and bad. And I, I think that in and of itself is a beautiful thing, you know? Uh, and I think that to kind of tack on to what you're saying, like if I if I love my child, if I love somebody, it's like, no, I, I want to make sure that I can really see what that looks like and I can really experience that with you at the moment. And it's, I, I'm not a romantic person. I don't romanticize anything, but I can definitely see say that even with my, my emotional immaturity, <laughs> That one thing I do enjoy about life and especially about marriage and, and relationships is to you actually get to see love be alive. Like you actually get to see what that looks like, you know, um, you know, like my circle. I love my circle. And I've seen all of you guys. You guys have all seen me in my strongest points, my weakest points. And we're all OK at, at the end of it. And I think that, you know, we owe that to um our LGBTQ like brothers and sisters, because, you know, it's hard, you know, um, love in general, not just in a monogamous relationship, but just to love each other is a complicated task because the minute you have to put your values on, on the ledger for what you say you believe in, most people get afraid. Yeah. And and I I can't um, you know I never ever want to um, like be the barrier to somebody enjoying their life. You know I w- I want to be there, good and bad, agree disagree, but we're all good at the end of the day. So that's that's how I look at that. Yeah, you know what I think, um, especially when it comes to your kids, right? Like. Yeah. I think that's one of those things that as parents we kind of fear the most is that our kids will go through something that they don't feel like they can talk to us about and they'll feel like they're alone or like they don't have that support. And while we hope that we've taught them everything that they need to know be it to be able to make those decisions on their own to make the right decision, you always want them to know that, they're, that they can come to you, you know? And that's in those moments that's not going to be yelling and screaming it's going to be hey let's work through this together there'll be time for yelling and screaming later like <laughs> <laughs> i've got a whole salary book for that yeah my my kids are like uh close to my oldest son will be, be 30 this year and um damn yeah and i always tell my kids like hey you know whatever you want to tell me i'm pretty confident you won't hurt my feelings I may not like what you're saying, but, um, you know, 
It's not going to change the way that you feel about them. No. And and that's that's what I want. I, I know eventually I'm going to die. I don't. I'm not looking yeah. forward to that day. But but you recognize I want, it. Yeah, I want my kids. I want my like people I love to say at the end of the day, "Hey, this guy literally tried to do the right thing as best he could with what he could." That's all I want, and and that's um, that's my goal. And I may not. Um, I mean, I have the notoriety or fame of uh, LeBron James or anything like that, but I want the people that I, I genuinely love and people that I meet and interact with. The lady I saw at the airport, <laughs> like that was a good guy. Like he really tried to do the right thing regardless of how he felt about it. So is that what's going to uh, be on your tombstone? Have you told your wife he did the best he could with <laughs> with what he knew? <laughs> You know what? That's actually, it's funny you mentioned that. Let's wrap it up with this. My, my, uh, my wife's grandmother passed away. uh, And uh, she was 91. That's a good run. And um, a couple years ago, my, my kid's great grandfather passed away. He was 94. And what's interesting about both those people. and And I love them dearly is they all had, some thought about me before they met me. And I can honestly say like, you, you can't see this, but there's actually a card here from when, I, when my kid's great grandfather passed away. Um, and when the last time I saw him before he passed away, it, he was in a wheelchair and he was kind of in his own little world. And when he saw me, his, his eyes lightened up and, um, he goes, Andre, come give me a hug. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm over there. And we just talked for like forever, it seemed like. Um, and my wife's grandmother, um, I, I remember the time we she was coming from Peru. And, and I actually took her return tickets and put it in the dash of the car. And my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, just in case she says anything racist, you know, we're just going to pay the money and send her back today. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know what? Like she was the sweetest lady. And I, this is when I was working at this one place. I would get up early in the morning, get a cup of coffee, smoke a cigarette. And like, she was with us for like a month, I think. And like by day two, she knew when I was getting coffee she would get a cup of coffee and cafecito and she'd come outside. She would smoke a cigarette with me and we would just talk for like 20, 30 minutes. And, and she just loved me. Like she, you know, it was just, and that's what I mean. When I say that at the end of the day, like I want to try and do the right thing by people regardless of how I feel about it. And, and I want people to, um, like I may not show it on the outside or I may not be as, soft and fuzzy as like a teddy bear, but I, I really want to try my best to be a good person. And, um, yeah, but you know, and she actually told me that I was like, I was getting fat. So, <laughs> so I, That's what I was waiting for. And I knew that was coming. <laughs> so when she told me, I was like, can you see? Like, she goes, that going to me, me, Andre. Like, and she, I was always her Andre. And, um, and, and that's what I mean when, when I say, you know, 
Like you get to, you know, I want to see love be alive. And I've had an opportunity like throughout my life, even, you know, good times, bad times, right? I I always look for, you know, because I believe it's there. Um, there there's love in life and, and there's love in the darkness. And it's just being, you know, ready to be open to that. So, um, and I, and I say that with all sincerity, like my life is not a bed of roses, <laughs> but I can definitely tell you that I, I know there is, there is sunshine and there's light in the darkness. So, yeah. Well, that was beautiful. And I won't try and add anything <laughs> to that. Um, yeah. Well said. Yeah. Um, again, it's been a heavy week. It's we are we're, we're trying to, we will get back onto our game. You'll see us um, eventually. These yeah. eventually. Andre's sitting here like <laughs> I'm part of the problem now. I'm I've got three episodes <laughs> I haven't edited, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, I think I had five at one point backed yeah. up. Like, I think that's the most yeah. that I've ever had. But Andre has already edited two the the first two. Um, we've got them put together. We just got to get them published. So. That'll yeah. uh, that'll be something I will try to work on later this week, if nothing else. So that'd be amazing. We'll get some more stuff to you guys. Um, <laughs> we really do appreciate all of the likes, the subscribes, the views, even themselves are helpful. You know, the fact that we haven't published content in like a month, and we can go on SoundCloud and YouTube and see that we're still getting listens and views and stuff. Um, really, honestly, like it, it's it's a nice pickup every once in a while when I'm like, man, I feel bad that we haven't published anything. I wonder how awful this is, and I'm like. <laughs> Our Tesla fanboys deny reality video on YouTube got like 39 plays this week. What the heck? So obviously yeah. we just got to talk more smack about Elon Musk um, so we can get some more YouTube videos. God, I, don't, I don't want to. You know, I kind of... Um, I'll, oh, I was, man, I don't want to. Like, I'll say this. All right. Say it. I, re- I respect his game. I mean... The, like, I really do. Yes. Like, I... I just I, wish I think, people would stop treating him like he's Tony Stark. He's not Tony. He's Stark. not Tony Stark. Yeah, don't guys do that. He I, hasn't I, had I was... that epiphany to become Iron Man yet. We gotta send him over to the Middle East, have him kidnapped, <sighs> almost blown up. <laughs> I think Bezos will become like Tony Stark. Okay, no, Bezos is going up in a cloud of smoke. This dude's like, no, I'm hitching a ride on my own rocket out of here, and. <laughs> I'm sorry. That never works for people. Yo, I'm just saying, like, if I was to, like, hedge my bets on who's, like, the first. No, forget Iron Man. Who's the first real Batman? Oh, we got to. I got to figure that out. Well, it's certainly not Bill Gates. Nah, he might be like the. He's the diddler. (laughs) Diddle, 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 diddle. That's a whole can of worms that we can open yeah, up another we, time. We're just, now we're just like, we're just like in the weeds. <laughs> huh. There is no celebrity that could be like Batman or Iron Man. Or a billionaire. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to think about it. I'm sure that there's someone out there somewhere that we can come up with. Would be a good a good candidate for it. I bet there's uh, billionaires out there that I didn't even know existed. Like I was watching yeah. like the the F one Drive to Survive, 
And oh, yeah. some dude's dad was just like, oh, yeah, so I'm a billionaire, so I bought a race team for my son. I mean, his son is like a great driver. <laughs> but I just like, oh, it must be nice that your billionaire dad was just like, let me buy this bankrupt race team. <laughs> and, yeah, now he's, I think he's racing for Aston Martin this year. I watched, I watched the uh, French Grand Prix in, on yeah, – that was great. Uh, Sunday. I, almost, I was watching a little bit of NASCAR. Were you? Um, yeah. We'll, we'll have to talk about this. Yeah, I know. we got, we got I, a bunch of other stuff I'm thinking like now that we could have talked about, but we'll, get, we'll have yeah, plenty for I, next week. Yeah, I was just like going to say like there's actually well, – there's a science in racing, period. There is. But uh, NASCAR drivers are actually pretty skilled. Those guys navigate a five thousand pound brick at one like a saw, at almost two hundred miles an hour. Yeah, one seventy five. Yeah, like top speed. I mean, on the car. on the super speedways at Daytona and Talladega, like they'll hit over two hundred miles an hour in the straightaways. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they'll drop down to the turn and at one eighty. One eighty. Yeah, I want to be so we, making a ninety degree turn. <laughs> or a 180 degree turn no matter how hard the banking is at 180 miles an hour <laughs> so i get the all right we gotta talk about that yeah i'm not saying hillbillies are cool i'm saying like the no the there's the driving yeah there is respect yeah. for the racers out there all right well we're glad you joined us uh you can catch us on all the spots spotify google podcasts apple podcasts uh pandora SoundCloud, our, that's our, our first baby right there. Tune in. Hit us up at comments at chrisandandreshow.com. You can reach me at andre at chrisandandreshow.com. You can reach me yeah. at chris at chrisandandreshow.com. I changed it. I changed it, dog. What? Uh, <laughs> our website is where we put a lot of our uh, extra, like if you can believe it, we, we actually have more things to say. I know, crazy, uh, right? We don't even have time to edit <laughs> episodes, and yet we publish stuff on our website. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Chris and Andre. Um, yeah, I got that right. This you time. did, I, yeah. I, I nailed it. We're uh, on but, Instagram and Facebook. I'm still there, ever so slightly. But we're hanging out. And thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, it's it's kind of a heavy week for us. Uh, yeah, so six weeks from now when you finally hear this, know that a month and a half ago we were going through some shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're glad you joined us. As, all, as always, I'm on. And I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>